I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, it's Dave Kittle here. Welcome back to The Dave Kittle Show. I am the owner of Concierge Pain Relief Home Physical Therapy here in New York City and the CEO of the Fieldmaker Group. We are currently acquiring physical therapy practices in New York and New Jersey. And right now we have a longtime colleague of mine on the show, Jerry Durham, known by many. If you don't know him, he's a physical therapist, a previous practice owner. And now I would say among many things, which he'll maybe mention, but uh, steward of uh, the patient experience and many other things that we'll get into in terms of how he helps physical therapists and practice owners. Jerry, what's going on? Dave, well... A lot of things. I mean, we got, I know this podcast will live forever and people will watch it in many years, but you know, we got my warriors or NBA champions. And of course, if you watch this thing, it's pro- they probably will be again. So, I mean, it won't be new news. So, I mean, <laughs> as far as what's going on, um, things are well, you know, it's uh love what I'm doing. Love that more people like you are getting into this side. I, I think there's a lot of value to our profession. Anybody who knows me, I've been in this, I'm in my 30th year. I love my profession. I love what we do. I think we bring a lot of value to healthcare. And I'm just here to create more success for people that want to help potential patients and patients, right, be healthier and not have to be engaged in the healthcare system so much. So, and a quick touch on baseball my Phillies are three games above 500 right now. As the record stands, your Giants are seven games above 500. So we're hanging. We're hanging there. Jerry's or living currently in Philadelphia, and I'm up here in Brooklyn, New York. So anyway, Jerry, I wanted to get you on because of your your experience. And I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. We've been going back and forth about different topics over you know messaging and, and email and whatnot. What do you currently see in terms of this whole mergers and acquisitions in physical therapy? I know you have a lot of clients. Obviously, we're not going to talk about specific names or groups or anything like that. Um, but what type of activity do you see and, and how does that kind of affect your ability to uh, help owners and, and kind of provide the services that you do? And what do you see right now in the landscape of that activity? Yeah. So, you know, um, I shared with you, and I think we've talked about before, if I'm going to help physical therapy owners, if I'm going to help chiropractors, if I'm going to help dentists, if I'm going to help people build value, and I love this word value, of which we can define a little bit later. If I'm going to help them build value in their business and serving their community, got to understand a little more about what does value truly mean, right? From a business perspective. And over the last probably two years or more, I've started reaching out to more and more on the buyer side, you and talking to different levels, corporate buyers, small group buyers, and really figuring out, hey, and asking very simple questions, Dave, the conversations we've had, right? So you and I have some. Okay, what's the context? And I literally asking them high level because to start the conversation, what makes a healthcare practice valuable to you? And I was a little surprised in a good way to hear the answer. 
because it wasn't just the financial sheet. Yes, the financial sheets have to align. Yes, the financial sheets are important. But what I learned was, and I'm just going to share this, is the systems, which I call showing your work. I shared this with you. I love this term. Can you show how you get to that bottom line without you working 40 hours a week treating patients? If you're the owner, if you're the clinic manager and you want to get out of this. And what I learned was what I've learned in a very short amount of time from the buyers is these systems are important and that showing your work is important. And that helped me to justify the work I was doing with my clients from a sense of, Dave, I want to help you build a business that is scalable. I love that word. That means that it will grow without you. That means it will thrive and strive without you as you serve more people in your community who need the services you offer. By the way, I sleep very well at night knowing I can help people do that. And back to your original question, what I've learned and what I'm seeing is this buyer side and seller side is better aligned than most people think when the seller has done the work to create a business that is sellable. So. There's my two cents worth on that, my friend. And we're talking about healthcare businesses. We're talking about physical therapy practices. And obviously, we are serving people. We're helping people. But it is a business at the end of the day. We need to pay utilities and payroll and rent and all those types of things. So I know you mentioned many other times, you know, like business is not a bad word. Like the actual finances have to work so that it all has to align and make sense because otherwise, you're not going to have a team and you're not going to be able to cover your cost per visit and, and all those other things. So in terms of now we're in 2022, do you see more owners being affected by coming out of COVID that maybe the wind's out of their sale? They're looking more at potentially selling some or all of their clinic. I mean, I feel like there was a lot of consolidation leading up to COVID, like in 2018, 2019, across the country, bigger groups. And now there's people like me putting on a podcast and doing this type of stuff. So maybe it may be, I don't know, market forces at the same time. So do you see more owners looking to stay where they're at or more owners feeling stress or overwhelmed from the pandemic or looking to adjust and, and adapt to the current environment? What are you, you know, what are you kind of seeing with the conversation you're having? So I see a lot of owners going into COVID and coming out of COVID asking better questions. How about that, Dave? Which is leading us down a path that I believe was a necessary change in our profession. It forced people to look harder at the business they had created. And I'm going to say this out loud, and we're recording this, and a lot of people will hear this. Many, many people have created billing companies that happen to serve patients. And I will own that statement, and I'm happy to go toe-to-toe with anybody who wants to challenge me on that. Coming out of COVID, I have seen more people own this and say, look, we need to look deeper into what we've created here, which has led to, by the way, me being very busy, which has led to then more people going, what is my opportunity here and exit possibly if I begin to look at my business differently? And by the way, I'm going to say this out loud, do the work I should have done when I originally started this thing. It took me a long time to do what I just said. So I'm not coming at anybody like I did this thing right the first time, right? Part of my pitch is, man, why make the, all the mistakes I made, right? So I had not created that. 
Yet coming out of this, I believe a lot of people are going, okay, I own what I created on the front end. This isn't going to get me forward. This isn't going to get me further. What do I need to do to create something that I have the opportunity? Because I think people were seeing the picture around them, like you said, Dave. So what do I need to do to create an opportunity for myself to exit, to get a partner, to sell to an employee, right? Whatever it is, what is this work I need to do? And it's this questioning that we were talking about before that's caused people to go, I need to make some changes here, right? I need to make some changes on how I understand the connectedness of the person I'm serving. I need to make some changes on the front end to my patient experience. Any one of these statements, in my opinion, leads to the same place. Because if you want to learn how to better deal with your front end in the first phone call, you got to learn more about your patient their life cycle in your company. If you say, I want to serve more people in my community in a different way, you got to understand the same thing. So the key is coming out of this. People are examining what had I created and now what am I faced with in order to see this exit that I possibly want to take. Are there any uh, common themes in terms of some of those owners in terms of like their age or their, their, their experience level? Like, are they across the board, all different ages, potentially considering those things? Is it typically the older practice owner that is mentioning some of those things? I would tell you what, no, I'm seeing younger people question this. And I think that's a good thing because I believe the earlier you are in your journey, in your business, in your practice, in your clinic, you created the more nimble, the more quickly you can turn your ship. I think you and I used this analogy last time. The more quickly I can maneuver my ship in the ocean to course correct in the direction that I need to go. I run into this. So you want to ask me consistency with my clients? Is everybody acknowledging I need a course correct? And then we look at their current state. How many employees? What's your current system? Obviously, the bigger you are, the deeper you are, the more difficult it is to turn the ship and do this work. So I'm seeing, by the way, I'm Currently working with someone, I want to be careful because I don't want to yeah, disclose much, but I am seeing someone who's stepping into an opportunity and the opportunity they're stepping into, they want to make sure it is set up like I just described. That's how we connected. So again, they're younger, right? Someone else is getting out of it who's older, but they see for their future. You know what I love about this? It's the same exact thing that the person in front of them is exiting, but yet the younger person coming into it is seeing the value of, if I course correct some of this, this thing's going to be worth far more. By the way, buying a home and doing a remodel, this thing's going to be worth far more than I invested in it. And I'm like, let's do this thing. So to answer your question, you know, I think the younger people see this world of, Higher co-pays, higher deductibles. You know, that's the other thing. We could go down that rabbit hole, right? To say you're in network for in network versus out of network anymore, man, dude, there's hard to see a separation. I'm like, everybody calling your clinic's got to come out of pocket. By the way, I always love this. Oh, you, you know, there's no cost to you for physical therapy. I'm like, well, yeah, except for your $1,200 a month premium. Let's honor the fact that, right? So yeah, people are seeing that man, I can't be having these same conversations that the clinic was having five years ago, by the way. You know how we connected. I was answering the income calls. Oh, yeah. Let, Dude, let's go into that I really was quick. Having, Let, I want to go into that really quick because I didn't, I didn't mention that on 
your podcast episode when you had me on your show. So really quick. Well, and I think it's important context for where I'm going to go here next. Exactly. So back in 2014, I was on Twitter interacting with physical therapists. I haven't been on Twitter as much over the years, but there was this guy, you know, Jerry Durham, Beastie Boys, uh, probably the avatar of it, not even his face. I'm like, who is this like mysterious, you know, account? So it was Jerry and he was writing his own uh, hashtags, like hashtag director of first impression and, and all these other variations. Right. And, you know, he was definitely entertaining and, and whatnot. And he was saying at the time that, you know, he was like a co-owner of, of a practice with multiple locations in San Francisco. And, and that at that specific time, he was answering the, the inbound phone calls of real patients. And, and doing the cost going, callbacks for all three of my clinics, dude, I and, was the voice the of the company. Yeah. So this was going on for, I don't know, weeks or months. And, and I was just like, you know what? I don't know if I believe this guy. So I called San Francisco Sport and Spine as a fake patient and Jerry Durham answered the phone. And we had never talked before other than just, you know, mess, you know, just, just Twitter. So never heard each other's voices, no introduction, nothing like that. He answers the phone. I'm like, I was surprised. I was like, Oh, Hey, um, I'm sorry. I'm not a real patient. This is Dave Kittle from Twitter, blah, 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 blah. We talked for a few seconds and then you called me back on your, uh, your cell phone number so that obviously the new patient phone line was not tied up with me doing like a secret caller. And that's basically where we started in terms of uh, our relationship. And that's super interesting just to Jerry and his whole dynamic, because at the time, I didn't really know who he was. I, I hadn't even gone to PPS or met a lot of practice owners across the country. And I was just like, let me do this. And that's where we started connecting and talking. And I also found it interesting, Jerry, that I've asked you every so often over the last, so that was 2014. So over the last eight years that no other physical therapist or no other person had ever tried to, uh, you know, test you on that or, or call you to, to see if that was something that you were actually doing. And so I was super impressed. I ended up writing Jerry, like uh, some long, I still have it, dude. Some long-winded letter that was like one or two pages long. It's here in my hand- office, dude. I and, have and it the was, letter. And it, it was handwritten on purpose because it was like, you know, I met him over Twitter. So it only made sense to go like old school and, and whatnot. I, I don't even remember what I wrote in it. But um, that is kind of like the, the jump off of like our relationship and why I've just been so impressed with the patient experience stuff. Any other comments around that? Well, so let's go back to that in the context of what it, you know, I was getting ready to say, which is perfect transition of the conversation with someone today. So I still do secret callers. I did three yesterday. I listened to phone calls. I listened to two today. So my context of 14 years ago, starting on the phone by going San Francisco sport and spine physical therapy, how can I help you is where this journey really started and the listening. So I claim and I'll make this claim that nobody understands the physio healthcare consumer better than I do. Because over the last 14 years, I've actually managed the calls. I did the cost callback. I continue to run a virtual sales front desk company. I listen to our training calls. Nobody has listened to, and I'm just going to say it. Anybody can jump on and prove me wrong. I'll own it. But I'm going to say it right now because I look for nobody has listened to or managed as many front end calls as I have. The front end call is that potential. I love how when people call, oh, we have a new patient call. I'm like, that's a potential patient call. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, check it out. 
I drove by McDonald's. I'm a potential McDonald's customer. Did you spend your money there? No, you're not a customer. So, <laughs> so again, I understand where people are coming from. I then took all this research, right? All this Maxi Meechak and this therapeutic alliance research and managing setting expectations. And I guarantee you, no PT has read as many sales books as I have. I'll throw that out there. If anybody wants to go book for book, I'm happy to do that. And understanding this person that we serve, which goes back to what I was going to say is the world, this, oh, you're in network, get scheduled is gone. The you're in network, get scheduled, gone world was a cheat code because we thought, right, everybody would show up. And I'm like, well, if that was the cheat code, why is your drop off rate 30%? Why is your cancel rate 15%? Why is your no show rate 10%? So it was never a cheat code, my friends building a conversation around the value of what you can deliver. Now, the world has come together where in-network, out-of-network, don't matter. You're still coming out of pocket. People are paying more for premiums. People are paying more for visits. So understanding this patient's journey, again, and understanding the value we can deliver to someone is the value in your clinic. Listen to that part again, roll it back. Understanding the people you serve and the value you can share with someone about the, why they should arrive, pay, and stay is the front-end system that's going to get you more leverage at the time of your exit. It's also going to be a great short-term solution to you growing and scaling your business. That's where Matt, you were saying in the pre-interview that you spoke to an owner recently who was contacting you about, hey, I need some help with front desk work, patient experience type stuff. And over that first long phone call that you have with that individual, the call kind of segued into exit value. And, and that was kind of something that I wanted to touch on because um, yeah. it, it's kind of, it's kind of like if someone says that they have, you know, back pain or back stiffness and it's frustrating. So they come to physical therapy. The real reason why they want help with it is because their sleep's being disturbed or they can't lift their child or their grandchild. And that's the real thing that they care about, even though they're telling you that they have this back pain and they want help with the back pain, but really that's down the line. It's really like they need help with being able to just be and live normal and being able to lift their child or grandchild. So similar now with practice owners reaching out for your services yeah, dude, or other people's services. Great set. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. You're right. So this is the notorious. It's funny. Every PT business owner knows this. But yet it's all of a sudden they don't know how to apply to them. I want to buy a drill, right? Nobody wants to buy a drill. They need a hole. And I've even read some great stuff that goes one step further, right? The work to be done, the jobs approach, a work to be done approach, right? They don't even want the hole. They want the shelf that holds the picture frames for the pictures they want to put up, right? They want to display their memories, right? Mm -hmm. They want to display their memories and recount those times and people come over and visit. They can say, hey, look at, you know, or they don't even mention it, but someone that visits them says, oh my gosh, look at these these beautiful pictures and frames and this nice shelving, whatever. That's what they really want. They don't want the drill. So we do this every day in PT as physical therapists and as business owners, right? We sell the drill. Here's a drill. Hmm, That's weird. Our drill business bad. Well, why is the other salesperson able not only to sell drills, but sells more expensive drills? Because he starts with, hey, Dave, what do you need? Oh, I need a drill. Oh, great. What are you working on? Boom, we're done. I beat you. I get it to sell. What are you working on? Right? This is the first phone call for a new patient. 
Now let's go back to what Dave was saying about the clients I'm working with. I need help for my front desk. And I'm like, yes, you do. Let's get on a call. Within and and most of the time they really actually do. Yeah, they that. do. They do. Yeah. There's no joke. Right. Just like I need a drill. Right. I'm putting stuff up. Right. So what you hear in your follow up question, and this is why I say it's a sales process. Any great salesperson will ask more questions to get to the source of the problem that you want solved. Right. So, right. The next best answer is a question. So, hey, Jerry, I need help with my front desk. I'm like, awesome. I can help you with that. And I have a process I take people through. We talk about their front desk, but I quickly get to, you know, so where are you in your journey with your business? So how long ago did you start? Well, where do you see your end, right? Yesterday, right? Yesterday was all about, man, I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to have a lot. So it revolves around three things, right, Dave? Time, energy, and money. Sorry, those are all the freedoms. Sorry. The money is the easiest discussion. And unfortunately, with the money thing is I can lose $50 today and make $100 tomorrow. The thing I don't have tomorrow is yesterday, right? The time. So the time is where I really focus. And I was on a call yesterday. Well, what about the time? And it's like, I thought I was going to have a lot more time back. And I go, I can help you with that, right? When I start talking about the front desk, as we did earlier, Dave, I start to show the connectedness to the rest of your business and how actually the front desk is your key first step to a successful patient journey, understanding the connectedness of your business that will then allow you to create the systems and the processes back to what I said at the beginning that will allow you to show your work of how you're making the money, which then becomes more valuable at your exit, but also gives you the opportunity to project and look at your finances differently and know when can I exit. I tell people all the time, my goal with you is not to create an exit. It's to get you to understand and show you your exit. It's like looking at a map. I want to get to New York. Cool. Well, just pointing to New York on a map is not going to get you to New York, right? Right. Well, what's the journey look like? And then by the way, what exit will get you there? So I want people to be able to see what their exit looks like. I don't want to exit. I'm like, I understand that. But if you don't see the exit, you'll never have a choice and you'll never understand it. And by the way, once you see the exit is now the opportunity. Do I want to drive? Do I want to fly? Do I want to walk? Do I want to bike? Do I want to take a boat? Do I want to sell to a, do I want to bring on a partner? Do I want to sell to a current employee? Do I want to sell to Dave Kittle out of New York? Do I want to sell to a big group, right? So all of this comes together from a conversation around, I need help with my front desk. By the way, you know what the best follow-up question is to achieve what? Well, I want to, you know, I want more people to arrive to achieve what? About three questions in, now we're to see my exit and I'm like, we can work together. Right. Because the real thing that they're not telling you is that they're looking for more, probably more profits and therefore more money that they can retire with and or put in investments. Right. And have a safe, comfortable retirement type of thing. Right. Like the long, like the long tail of financial security. Correct. Let me give you one more quick example. Early on with some work with someone else because of what they had created and how early they were into their business. Within like the first month together, I was able to show them their exit and it freaked them out. And I never thought this was going to happen because I was projecting my context onto them. They were so new into ownership. They were so new in the profession. I said, hey, look, so-and-so, after your next hire, you could actually exit the business if you want, aka cut all your clinic hours. 
the response I'll never forget. It was a lot of fear and very protective and coming back at me going, I don't want, I, I don't want to exit. I want to treat patients. I'm like, I'm not challenging your ability. I'm telling you, you have choices and it is fear insanity that I work with people who don't understand the choices. I'm like, I'm just showing you the choice. It's been interesting. And the work, it's taken me a long time to get here. And the work to be done, the earlier you do it. Oh, by the way, stop me if you've ever heard this one before. The more time, energy, and money you invest today, the bigger your return you'll get later. If you wait till tomorrow, you get a little less. Wait three days, you get a little less. I'm working with multi-site clinics now doing the work. And you know, I got good relationships with them. And I look at them and I so-and-so. Imagine if you would have started this five years ago. And they usually... How, how, much, how, how much more oh, value, value. built into the practice? Yeah. Yeah. How many, and how by many the way, sticky patients they would have had and had happy employees, hopefully. Yeah. All of it. So yes, they would have put the happy employees in the seats that now we, now we're putting happy employees. And I'm like, think if you had this employee three years ago, think about the business. It's a compound. A happy employee is compounding interest, man. Right. Yeah, and then this, the this, big this one, whole, the this, whole business, this whole business is therapists and patients. So if you, you have, it, if you have competent, excellent and happy therapists and patients that kind of go through your methodology in terms of like arrive, pay, stay, that whole, you know, that whole thing. If you have those two, then you could have a well-oiled machine in terms of a, a great practice, a great business that serves a community and provides value and, and profits to the owner and a, a safe, comfortable retirement, either if you sell it or you don't. Yeah, this was the conversation I had with the guys yesterday. I said, you know, I haven't asked you what you, you said you want to exit. What you want to do doesn't matter to me. The point is, I have to show you the exit. I said, you guys, here's the beauty of seeing the exit. And I want everybody to understand. It's your choice. I want to sit on a beach. Cool. I want to sell it. Cool. I want to keep, this is what I love. And this is what gets lost. I want to keep treating patients full time. Cool. You can do that. Because they know damn well the second they step out because they've seen the exit, they know the business is still profitable and has a solid bottom line and they can show their work and still get top value to whoever they want to sell it to, give it to, grow it to, whatever, man. So it's so important, this step of understanding and seeing your exit, because I'm going to tell you right here, I'm going to go the other extreme. You asked me about these older owners and we all know. You're going to be pleasantly, I've had phone calls with them and I've had them come to me and everybody knows I'm pretty transparent. Oh, I talked to so-and-so they're trying to screw me. And I'm like, tell me how, Oh, I've worked so hard. Oh, you're, talk, you're talking about like low ball offers. Yeah. Or, yeah. So sorry. As low ball. Yeah. So some owners calling me and telling me so-and-so business has lowballed me. They're trying to screw me the multiple. I'm like, well, tell me how they're trying to screw you. You know, I've been in this business for 30 years and, I'm, and I say to them, so what? I see patients all day. I'm like, so what? I'm sorry. You can take it personally. Yet it's a pretty simple equation. If you can't take yourself out of the business and show the work of that bottom line will still be delivered, you have a far less valuable asset to sell than you thought you had to sell. So again, my job and the work I do with people is just show them the exit, right? This is what it looks like. Now make a choice. 
I just want people to be able to make choices. By the way, what's interesting, we talked about the first phone call. This is absolutely no different. This flips people's minds. I say the goal of the first phone call is to check the five boxes I give you, is to say, what questions do you have of me? And then shut up and let them make a choice about whether they want to schedule with you or not. The fear in the eyes of front desk people and business owners when I tell them that is insane. But I'm like, you don't want someone on the schedule who's going to no show cancel. So the only thing we can do is make sure they know all the opportunity in front of them, all the value you can deliver, including the cost, and then go, so Dave, what do you want to do? And being comfortable with that answer. The reason nobody's comfortable with that question is because nobody has no idea what they are going to get for their time, money, and energy. I just did two secret callers yesterday. Dave and I just broke down. Atrocious. And I guarantee you, I will bet my farm on it if I call the owner, he or she wants more new patients. I'm like, you're going to put more new patients into this system? I'm like, just send them somewhere else, my friend. Hmm. So this all ties back to, right? Whether you guys are hearing it or not, when Dave comes a knocking or you email Dave, the question is, I love this. I did this to Dave the other day. The question is, do you want to get the most value out of this asset you created, which Dave will happily pay you for, or do you want to get paid only what it's truly worth because you didn't create what you thought? And then I come in and work with Dave for six months and we pull the value out that you left behind. Sit on that for a couple of days. That's not a sales pitch. It's that simple, my friends. The work that the buyers can do. By the way, I'm talking to the buyers. Going, if you guys get these clinics that are under delivering, bring me in. I'll build out the front system. And another way to kind of say that is like some owners that don't understand how practices are valued, they don't understand their multiple, they might be perceiving or they might think that they're being, they're getting a lowball offer because they might not understand the financial metrics and how. But they can't show the work. They don't have the system. So, Even me, who really, I'm not a finance guy, my friends, and probably most of what Dave has shared with the finance people on here, I have no idea. What I do know is I can show you how to get the bottom line. And if you can't show me the work as a buyer, then I'm buying a brand. And by the way, a brand isn't worth a lot of money, my friends, without the system. So this is why people don't buy the independent hamburger shop in your town. So let's talk multiples really quick. I heard, and this was uh, said elegantly recently on uh, by Chad Madden on Chad Madden's podcast. So he was saying in terms of valuing a practice, it's basically based off of EBITDA. Now, earnings before interest taxes, depreciation, and amortization. If you're a practice owner, I know that sounds like a different language. Just think of net profit. like Whatever your net profit is on your tax return at the end of the year, you take that number and then a practice buyer like us or others or larger groups are going to basically give you a a multiple or a multiplier of that number, whatever that approximate net profit. Now, of course, it's going to be slightly different because of ad backs. And then there's this thing called EBITDA, but basically EBITDA is used to value a physical therapy practice, but also software businesses and every business is based off of a, a multiple of EBITDA. So basically, if a practice has 300 grand or less in annual net profit, not top line revenue, folks, net profit, 300 grand or less, 
then that practice is typically going to be worth a three times multiplier, a three X EBITDA multiple. And then obviously we're talking about bigger practices. If it's like 500 grand to 800 grand in that profit, then those types of practices, because they've already built out scale, maybe they already use Jerry over the last several years and they can actually demand or negotiate of five to six X multiple, five to six times EBITDA multiple. But a practice that has 200 grand in net profit or 200 grand in EBITDA annually, it's going to be really hard for you to have to demand or to get three times EBITDA. So when you think that if you're doing you know, a million in revenue, that's why some of the offers you might get are actually less than a million dollars. Does that make sense? I hope so. Made sense to me. And so what Jerry was kind of hinting at is like, yeah, practice owners could use someone like you and your services and kind of build out the one of or more multiple levers of building more value into the practice or a buyer like us or other buyers might come along and do that six months, 12 months, a year after acquiring such a practice. So it might not be that you have a a low ball offer. The, The reality might be that there's not enough cash flow. It's really about cash flow, unencumbered cash flow after rent, payroll, all the all the main consequences uh, of the practice. Yeah. So yeah. So let's think about it. Let's do this real quick. So you come today with a two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollar bottom line. You get your multiple, and I go in and go, Dave. If we, right. I've shown and I've proven through other businesses, if we clean up this top end of the process, right, this incoming phone call, and we connect it to the providers, I've got, and by the way, I have a calculator for this, my friends. I've got an opportunity to pull another, you know, 20K a month out of this business. We just doubled the bottom line, my friends. And then Dave and his group get to benefit from the work that you did not do. It's that simple. And I'm not here pitching you. I'm or, telling or, you. Or if, if they do it, or maybe they've been a client with you with you for three years, right? Then we actually will have to pay more for that type of a practice where there's you more, value, more you value built in. And if a practice owner can say, hey, here's what our numbers look like five years ago. And then, you know, we, you know, here's a little dip from COVID or a big dip from COVID. And now we're coming back out of it. If you could show us that trend and you know we could average it out, and of course, COVID, what happened was of none of your, you as a practice owner was not your fault at all. So we have to kind of take that into account. But if you're able to show, here's, here's the change in the, in the value of the practice, not just the systems and the processes that actually get folks to arrive, pay, stay, but the actual value of like the unencumbered cash flow of the practice, annual net profit, if that's larger... For anyone in any state across the country and other countries, but in the U.S. specifically, a buyer is going to be able to pay more for that. So it's either you put the work in if you want a larger exit, or it's going to be someone else's work to put that work in. I call this creating greater efficiency in the company because it's about getting more out of what's ever coming in. And this is back to the beginning of understanding your leads and taking care of current business and maximizing and optimizing your current patient's life cycle. So of these 100 people that call every month, 
We know that roughly 80% are going to arrive and pay. We know of that 80%, 90% is going to stay for 10 visits. And the more accurate and the better our systems are and processes and the better understanding we have of this patient journey, then you can show that unencumbered, I love that word, cash flow. And again, you can show consistency and you can show your work and the process to get it. And again, pull out and maximize the value of your asset before Mr. David shows up. What are some what are some random examples of your without mentioning their names or their clinics or anything, but tactical in terms of how they treat their therapists and their employees and how they treat their patients? I want to preface this. So I heard recently on a podcast, practice owner was paying for meal prep for their employees, like two or three days a week. Maybe it's lunch that gets delivered to the clinic and it's something that they already picked off a menu or it's something that comes monthly or something, you know, lasagna, pasta, whatever, something healthy, whatever it might be. That sounds interesting. I want to potentially do something like that. I was also thinking, so right now we have a practice in uh, New York City under contract. And I was thinking, what if I had, and some people don't like the Nespresso machine because of the pods and I don't know if they get recycled or not. I don't know. We drop them off whatever, but something like that, where you have free espresso shots or free coffee for new patients that come in, they get a water bottle. Then there's the law of reciprocity. What are some things, whether it's coffee, whatever those types of tactical things, are there things like that, that some of your top performers, some of your, some of your clients do that might seem like a business expense, but is actually something that gives a ridiculously wow experience. Or any of those things, does that sound, any of those things sound yeah. crazy? Do you have people that do that type of stuff? Can we go one step higher? Sure. To answer this. You see me smiling. If you guys are only listening, I'm smiling the whole time Dave's talking about this because I love all this. And I think these are great ways. Dot, 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 asterisk. If the bottom line and the numbers and the business and the finances are in line to do this. So here's my thing with a patient experience, my friends. People confuse a patient experience or a client uh, uh, employee experience, right? This experience that people are having in your business results in them having a great emotional journey, no matter how far or how short, so that they will complete a course of care, so that they will pay, so that they will be happy so that they will maybe return, but they will tell more people about you, rinse, repeat, right? That's how you grow a successful company where they go back and tell their doctor, I don't give a shit. By the way, the greatest word of mouth referral is the doctor. So let's get over that real quick. You still have to market the doctors. If we do this, and I know that I can consistently deliver this through everything we've just talked about, and I know the dollar amount tied to this then I can start to establish programs like Dave just laid out. I can also tell my team that when we hit these benchmarks, we can do more of this. I did this with my team. We got to the end of the year and because we were tracking all this, we offered raises or more vacation. I thought there was no way around it. We gave people the choice knowing damn well they'd pick raises. Everybody with 100% wanted more vacation. So everybody got more vacation time. That so required, it, was just, it was PTO hours or a full PTO day or yeah, yeah, it was PTO hours. 
but it was aligned with delivering on a needed metric. But everybody knew exactly how that metric tied in with the larger company metrics that could deliver that. So I'm for all of that, as long as you've done the work in advance to understand where does this fit in this, again, Dave, you will appreciate this more than anybody. If I've created that process and I'm running at a negative each month and I'm trying to cut in other places, there's zero value to it. If I want happy patients, I need to create a experience to create happy patients. If I want happy employees, I need to understand the system, right? Of how I'm going to bring on happy employees, which includes how am I going to pay for them? How am I going to deliver the experience? How am I going to deliver the benefits? I have some of my clients back. So I just want to set all that because again, I got people doing this stuff who have no idea what the impact is on the financial side of the business, Dave. And then they say they're building an asset. I'm like, that's great. It looks pretty. What is the end result here? We've got to see it. Disneyland, everybody always uses Disney as the experiencing. And I'm like, but you don't understand. Disney knows then how that delivers a deliverable, an asset, more money to their bottom line. Oh, the Disney experience, everybody. And I'm just going to riff off this. The Disney experience. I'm going to create a Disney experience. I'm like, to deliver what, to what end, to what means, right? It has to deliver this in, which is happy, in my opinion, happy paying clients, patients, which in turn give me the ability to do all those things you just said. So if I understand all that and I understand there's the X amount of dollars off the bottom line at the end of the month, I can start investing that into programs for my providers, because my providers know in order to get paid every two weeks, you must create this much of deliverable. By the way, it's not a visit. I hate visits. No more visits as um, KPIs, right? Scheduled plan of cares, decreased drop-offs, completed plans of care. If you're delivering this consistently, you get your paycheck every two weeks. If you exceed it by this much, you now go into your bonus program. Of which, if you exceed it by this much, by the way, the company will then do these things, increase your benefits, do more things, bring in lunch once a month. I did this. I took over. So one month when I got done, no, three months, three months, six months, when I wasn't answering the phone in the business, I took over as clinic director. We had one of our clinic directors step out and we knew it was going to be short term. And this clinic was not hitting their goals. And I did exactly what I said. And I kept saying to my partner, I said, this is this is not right. It's got to be leadership. It's got to be leadership. And I stepped in and I said, let me step in for the next six months. And I bet I can hit the numbers, the goals of the clinic for the next five months. And I just set it up every month where if we hit this, this would happen, right? We went to a Giants game night one month. Surprise. But it was paid for out of us hitting it. So don't get me wrong, people. Once they hit the goals, I knew where the money was coming from because I understood the cash flow of the business. And then the next month we did this. And then the next month we did this. And then by the way, you could, if it keeps going, just incorporate a, I'd say, okay, great. You guys are kicking ass. I'm just going to give you you know, a thousand dollar bonus every month. Now let's keep this real. What do you guys want? You want to keep doing the one-off events or you guys want the extra money? That's what I do. That's the environment I want to create, Dave. So you should, you, if you're an owner out there, they should ask their team, 
what's important to them, what they want. Okay, so now on the patient side. Go back up. They have to know the finances, thin ass. Right, no. Assuming, I'm just making sure. Assuming yeah. there's finances, yeah. there's cash yep. flow. The front desk is actually collecting co-pays, co-insurances. You got it. Oh, those, yeah, dude. It's those, all those tied payments. into everybody hitting their objectives, right? You those, got it, dude. I mean, those payments being charged on their credit cards the same day. Like, it. I mean, you got I, it. I know, I know you've seen a ton of things where that doesn't happen. So, you okay. So, how about the patient side of things? What's a wow experience? They walk in, you know, hey, Jerry, can I get you? Oh, welcome. I see that this is your first time here. Would you like some water? We have bottled water, cold or room temperature. Can I get you an espresso shot? Something like that. Do, do clinics do these types of things or no? I'm going to answer your question with yes. And then I'm going to say, I'm going back to the last example. If the patient doesn't know they're in the clinic that has the expert that has helped people just like them get back to the gym to do deadlifts and get out of morning pain and that they know what their investment time, money, and energy is for that first visit with that expert. If they know all that and you do that, then we're done, dude. So do they need to hear that by the Upstream. person? They need to hear that over the phone. And then do you have... Uh, and then they arrive sent, and then they, they arrive into no, no, the before, clinic to that experience. Before, yeah, yes. yeah. But before they arrive, so they hear it over the phone. Okay, Jerry, we, we work with CrossFitters like you all the time to get out of hip and back pain. You know, Dr. Tom Smith, physical therapist is the one that treats all of our CrossFitters. They hear it over the phone and then optimally, would it be good for them to get an email or a text with that same verbiage or maybe a video of Tom Smith, the physical therapist, yes. talking about here's how I help someone with CrossFit out of back yes. pain and hip pain? Yes. And, and then, then they people, show up. They're going to be more likely to show up. And then you can start the in-person wow experience. So we're back to why do we do this experience, right? So it's got to be tied to this life cycle, this journey that this person is on. And what we devalue so much is that they're calling for an expert who will tell them about their problem and give them a plan. This is where the front desk sales person becomes so valuable to the clinic. Because you, again, you can do all these other things. And I've worked, I've done this. Um, so I do, right? I do secret callers, but I do secret shoppers. And I just scheduled this with one I've, of my I've new done, clients. I've done that as well with the practice. Yes, that we you have. Buy. Uh -huh. I went in as a patient. I went through the whole evaluation. I actually did have like next stiffness. Anyway, I can yeah. talk about it in a second. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing it. I do it. So I call and schedule and then I arrive and go through the evaluation. So we're back to, again, I've arrived in some beautiful clinics that do all those things you just said. And at the end of my evaluation, had absolutely zero reason to stay. Because here's the thing I'm going to tell you guys. I can get espresso, better espresso up the street at the Italian place <laughs> for $3.45. So this context of why are people there gets lost, right, Dave? So people want to create this experience. I'm like, can we go and check these five boxes first? This is people who do the Disney experiencing. I've done all these things, but I'm like, but you haven't connected the first phone call and arrival. You haven't connected the first phone call and the evaluation. This stuff is window dressing, right? You do this only after we're talking about this process. We talked about this before. That's why I wish you guys could see me grinning when Dave was laying out these. I'm like, yes. And you guys all heard it. If, right, if the finances are in line, if you understand this journey, if you understand what needs to happen next, this is this patient journey. I preach about harder than, you know, preacher in church on Sunday, man. This is my church. 
This is what I preach. I, I want people who want to understand, right? How to scale a business and scaling a business does not mean you want to sell it. We're back to, I want you to see your exit. I want you to create something that you can step away from and go watch your daughter's ballet recital at 3 PM on a Tuesday, right? Go watch your son's ballet recital at Thursday at two o'clock. And the business is not impacted. Think about that for a second. That is the magical, right? That's the magical spot. Did you take a hit? Will the business thrive and strive? I love those two. When you go to the beach next week with your family. Do you see a lot of these owners that they need, if an owner can get to that point where they can just be out of the office at any time, do they need to have a clinic director who is either paid really high salary or a clinic director that has some type of a revenue or profit share to run something like that? Or is it just like an owner that has spent a lot of time and effort with training training their team and their staff and, and maybe without revenue share, profit share and, and a client director who's yeah. just salary. So I've seen all three of those, Dave, and I hate to do this, but I have, right. I've seen back to your last example, I've seen clinic owners who have trained like a front desk lead, a clinical lead who work together. Great. When the owner leaves the business, you know, a lot of times those aren't bonus people. They're, they're paid a little higher. They might still be involved in some patient care, but they're into this leadership role. I've seen clinic directors, right, who have part of the business being paid well. So, I mean, they oversee the whole thing. Then they oversee those people. So I think depending on size and where you are in this journey, any of those examples work. I think where you brought up, well, you didn't ask this question, but you just brought up a great point. I made the single biggest mistake. It's funny. Nobody ever asked me this question. You may have at some point. The single biggest mistake. I made in my 17 years of owning a business, there's one thing I did. I assumed everybody was going to be motivated the same way I was. It took me forever to unlearn that. You mean, so back you mean to team? What, you mean employees? Everybody. Yeah, everybody. I know, I know, I know right? that's something yeah, that, Gary, that Gary Vee says all the time. Oh, really? Has said. Yeah, yeah, he said it where you yeah. can't expect your team members, your, your employees to care about the business as much as you do. Yeah. And I did. And I thought not only did I think they would care as much, I thought they were going to be motivated by the same drivers as I was finance, feedback, all of it, right? In a combination. So what you just said in that example, hey, Jerry, in these places and they leave, do they have this model? I would tell any business owner, don't freak out thinking, which one am I going to set up? Go to your current leads, go to your current clinic director and go, what's important to you in the next one? You know, by the way, my favorite question on most interviews, one of my top three favorite questions for any role of the company is tell me, tell me where you want to be in a year and what it's going to be like when you get there, right? I want to know what people are striving for. So I'd go to a clinic, clinic director and say, what's important to you over the next year? Is it finances? Is it recognition? Is it more time off? Is it better benefit? If I own my finances, if I know the process, by the way, I've had owners I work with who have gone and said, oh, they want this. And I'm like, cool, we're just shifting the bonus money over to here. Oh, we're just shifting the potential this over to here. So usually it's just moving money that they had already allocated. Allocated, right. Yeah, right. correct, dude. So we're not having to increase anything. That's the beauty of understanding this projection sheet and being able to see your exit. That means you can keep track of your cash and the flow and know where the next month is, right? 
And so you've allocated money towards, I did this with a brand new business owner, man, this was for a non-finance guy, man, this is one of my prides. I helped a new business owner put together an offer that met every single box this person needed to be checked because we worked in and we pulled some of the bonus money back that he had built into some of the benefits this person wanted, right? So we were just reallocating money that was going to be generated by this person, just hitting their numbers and very achievable numbers. I work with no clinics. I, I'm like, you know, as long as you know your capacity, your revenue per visit, your expenses, you can do whatever you need. And if you miss that, you better roll that back. Those are the only three numbers you need, my friends. Capacity, revenue per visit, and your expenses. And if you do that, then you can create any bonus program you want, any incentive you want, right? Like I said, we pull back some incentives and put it into a monthly health benefit or something, right? Interesting. And so at the end of the day, this is what... uh makes a practice more valuable and like it kind of we're now we're circling back it's like yeah dude yeah either you as the owner have to have some of this on your plate as in terms of like what you're actually going to be working toward or someone that's of our group or a different group is going to want to put that in if they buy your practice they're going to want to do it so eventually it needs to happen at your practice so the question is are you going to do it or and reap the benefit. Are you going to do it and reap the benefit? Are you going to let Dave lowball it? And by the way, I say lowball. It's not a lowball, but if I'm talking to the potential, it, it could seller, be market rate. It could be yeah. It's market, it's rate. market rate. You're getting what you deserve for it. So if you do some work, and by the way, if you do some work before Dave shows up, then you can increase that value. Because well, yeah, again, you know, I'm going just as hard. I'm going at whoever. I'm like, this is why I created this. The day Dave calls me and says, can you help me on the back end? I go, yep. Owner's calling me. Can you help me on the front end? I'm thinking of scaling up. I'm looking at an exit. Yep. Right. The day someone makes me an offer and says, can you work exclusively with us? I'll go, maybe. Right. Right? But I mean, I got no issue. I help the people that want to create this. I said this at the beginning, this business that can serve more people in their community. Well, you have to run it like a business, my friends. Yeah, I think that's a perfect place for us to pause. Jerry, I know a lot of PTs and wherever I share this online, LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and all that. And a lot of them already know you. But if someone doesn't, what's a good place for them to contact you? Either email address, uh, website, your YouTube, uh, connect with you on social media. Yeah, I just put up my new website. It's still the client experience company, but it goes to a whole new place. I think it's a great place to start opportunities to connect with me and just, by the way, opportunity to schedule a call with me or just say, Hey, look, Jerry, I want to stay in touch of which I'll, you know, email you more information, make sure you know about my, my YouTube page and my podcast. So client experience company.com. The other places, Instagram, Jerry Durham PT. I think those are probably the two best places. And let's just keep it simple. Um, Was it client experience company.com? Yeah. Did you type it in? I haven't even seen this website. I'm seeing it for the first time right now. Awesome, dude. So good. You're at the right place. Yeah, Yeah, you're at the right place. Good. Well, yeah, that's why I was waiting for the reaction. So yeah, you go there, you'll see it. You'll see the testimonials. You'll see the people by name. Some of them I've spoken about, right? Yeah, you got it, my friend. So I'm willing 
you know, this has been a journey, right? Because I thought I was going to create something smaller, right? Do this, but man, my goal, my, my, my passion, my love is to work with people that want to create, that want to do the work. I was thinking about this this morning. It works. All those people, all those testimonials. I mean, look at all those people allowed me to put their faces, their names, their logos on my page. And there's probably many more that, you know, that are are not public right now. I'm proud to say the reason I'm proud to say it is because these guys are doing the work, my friend. I don't, I claim to know something. I claim to know a structure to help move people through, but I don't do the work. Don't tell anybody. They do the work. They implement it. And let me tell you, some of those people, man, they had a lot of barriers and a lot of minds to change in their business, and they still did it, man. So the website, I think Instagram is a great place to go. If you want the pure, pure, unadulterated, you know where I'm going with this, Dave, Jerry Durham experience and know me to the core, then go to Twitter and follow Jerry Durham PT. And by the way, Buckle up for safety. For whatever reason, I've been listening to you on Spotify. I think because my iTunes is already like filled up with like other uh, previous downloads and whatnot. So now I'm like, like I used to be a Pandora guy with Pandora music. And now I have now have Spotify. So I've been I've been listening to Jerry's podcast on Spotify. And the the title that I, I don't know if you mentioned it, but what's best for the patient is best for the business. Yeah, I just did a selling, the art and science of selling in healthcare. It's a nine-part series, and you guys will be happy to know my goal is to keep those 15 minutes or shorter. That the value in that in order, that nine parts, I guarantee you it is the same exact content people are paying me a lot of money for. Go to that podcast. Listen, if not, if you listen to the podcast, I can genuinely objectively say everything is in the podcast. I've had people reach out to me. Jerry, I listened to all your podcasts. I implemented it. Here's how my business changed. These are people I have no idea who they are. So I'm proud to say my YouTube page and my podcast has every bit of information, every ounce of information that I get paid for, for free. So you put a lot out there, a lot of, a lot of free help and actual you know, tactical strategies. But then when folks want to reach out to you, it's probably easier. I don't want to say like an easier sell, but like, you don't, they have already been warmed up and they know what to expect. And it's just like, Hey, are we going to work together? Sounds like Dave, sounds like Dave knows marketing, right, Dave. (laughs) And that's why I want anybody on here. Who's even thinking who's Jerry go to the YouTube, spend a few months there, go to the podcast, listen to the series. By the way, I'm happy to get on the phone with you tomorrow. If you want, I'm also happy to wait nine months, go through some of this stuff, experience it, reach out, by the way, read the testimonials. Go listen to more of it. And then I'm happy to talk to you in nine months. There's no rush. By the way, if you go into my, um, I'm going to tell you right now, if you go in and sign up for my email list, there's like 30 emails over six months in that nurture program. You'll get pitched maybe five times. It's all driving you back to more content, more things, more ideas, more checklists, more things you can do tomorrow. Have you considered doing like any of these marketing events, you know, charging five, 10, 15 grand, 20 grand, whatever? Yeah. You know what? It's funny you say that. I have asked some of my longest running clients, some of those people on that page, they want more interaction with other clinic owners. So I'm in the process of putting together a group where it is a group. 
I have no group stuff right now. It's all one-on-one. So part of what you guys will see on the website, part of what you guys will learn, hey, Jerry, send me more information. I'm like, let's get on the phone because it is the work done for you. If Dave Kittle calls me, I'm going to bring all my expertise, all my templates, all my videos, all my training to him and his company, and we're going to build it out for him. That's what I couldn't deliver in a group. I couldn't promise that work. I decided that was the most important. I'm going to create a group and I'm going to put people in this group. And yes, there will be a weekly one-on-one with Jerry, but what these people want is other clinic owners. And so I'm going to give them access to each other to meet. And yes, everybody will meet as a group. I'm also going to bring in experts like Dave Kittle, who doesn't know this yet, quarterly to talk about their expertise and educate people. I I tell you guys, I don't know the finances. I don't know the finances of selling. I know how to create the systems. I know if you make more money, it usually looks better on the bottom line. Dave can tell you exactly in his people. Dave's going to come in one quarter. I'm going to bring in a marketing person to speak one quarter that will speak to the group. So it will be more of a group experience. So if anybody's interested in that, and obviously it's not going to be the same price as working one-on-one with me, but the goal is you get this value and then either you do the work. Here, let's be totally transparent. You can do the work. I told you people listen to the podcast, but if you want to accelerate it, if you want to go, look, I don't want to wait three years to get these results. I'm like, cool, let's do it in six months. Then we'll do the work. But as so long you as gotta, you're in this gotta, group, they have, yeah. to, they have to pay for speed. Yeah. 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 You are. And basically I realized, Dave, thank you for saying that. That's what I'm getting paid for is speed, by the way, which I didn't pay for. Why it took me so long to get here. Why when I started, I, I love starting all my talks with, I literally had a full head of hair when I started this show. <laughs> Jerry, can't wait to have you back on here. Uh, keep us updated on uh, all those different ventures and what you have going on. Guys, go ahead and check out www.clientexperiencecompany.com. You can learn more with Jerry. He's got uh, at least one or more downloadables and a really uh, clean website with, like you said, success stories, testimonials of practice owners, just like you from across the country. So uh, that's it for now, Jerry. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dave. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E painrelief.com or you can call me at any time 646-781-8884.